Hi. I don't really know where to begin. You see, this is my 44th vlog, and I don't even know if anybody's watching me, but I just love theatre, and I see a lot of theatre, and I watch theatre all the time, and <laughs> anyway. Welcome to vlog 44. So you might have noticed I've got a new t-shirt. What do you think? Now I just want to get serious for one second. December the 1st was World AIDS Day, which is an incredible day to recognise and remember everybody who is affected and living with HIV and AIDS and to recognise all the charities and organisations that support and help people living with these conditions. I have recently met and interviewed people from the industry who are living with HIV. They are incredible and their stories are all very different. Well, yeah, what I'm trying to say is that I'm, I am HIV positive. Um, and when I did the video and I saw people's responses, I was like, oh, you don't have to do anything like on a massive ramp that you could post one video and you're helping. Or at least you could tell somebody or tell somebody and then you're helping, whatever you do. Because I didn't have the knowledge, um, it, it was a big pool of, of fear. I had no reason that that person would be me. I had never thought that I would ever be HIV positive. I'm really proud of, of what I've done now. Uh, but the fight continues. <laughs> and over the next few weeks, I will be uploading their stories onto my YouTube channel. Now these are really, really important stories and I'm really, really proud of the interviews that I've made. So I would really love it if you get a chance to watch them and to talk about them and to share them. But most of all, just listen to them. Listen to the stories, hear what people have got to say and start your own conversations. If you have questions, ask somebody, talk to people, come and talk to me. I am always, always here to listen. I hope that my videos will start to make a little bit of an impact. Now, earlier this year, Gareth Thomas kicked open the door by announcing that he was HIV positive. This has started an incredible new wave of people talking about HIV and it needs to continue. So please, please watch my videos and start the conversation. Thank you. Right, now back to my week. Starting on Monday, I was at the Boulevard Theatre for Ghost Quartet. Isn't that a nice programme? Very snazzy. If you haven't been to the Boulevard Theatre yet, it is the newest theatre in Soho and it is stunning. No expense has been spared in this new state-of-the-art theatre in the heart of Soho. 
And judging by their programme, they intend to become a, one of the most prestigious theatres in the West End. Now, this is their first show with the music by Dave Malloy. Dave Malloy, whose recent work Preludes, was at the Suffolk Playhouse starring my friend Keith Ramsey. Now, that was a stunning production. Now, there is no disputing that Dave Malloy writes an incredible score, and Ghost Quartet is no exception. With an incredible actor muso cast of four, including Fun Home's Olivier-nominated actor Zubin Vala and my pal Niccolo Curadi. This is a very, very abstract, beautiful and slightly bizarre story. It is quite surreal and I'll be honest, I had no idea what was going on. Which, to be honest, was a shame because it really inhibited you being able to engage with the emotional content of the piece because I was genuinely unable to respond. And I really wanted to be able to respond. The music is stunning. And like I say, I just think it's Dave Malloy's downfall that he doesn't collaborate with somebody to write the book. It's his technique and his very unique style. And it's certainly alluring. But I just think it prohibits the piece being fully formed. Anyway, it definitely was a bold choice by the Boulevard Theatre to, to stage this as their first show. And whether it paid off, I don't know. Audiences have been very slim, but that might also be down to the fact that they haven't really done much marketing for the new theatre. Nobody really knows it's there yet. And whether this is intentional because they want a soft launch, I don't know. But it is a shame to these incredibly fine actors who are doing a superb job. And the piece is lovely. But like I say, just a bit too alternative. Who knows? Maybe I'll catch on. It is playing until the 4th of January, so if you fancy checking out this beautiful new theatre, definitely go down and pay them a visit. You even get a free shot of whiskey. Although I didn't. They left me out. On Tuesday afternoon, I was at Her Majesty's Theatre, where the Phantom of the Opera is currently still playing in its 59th year. I was there on the afternoon for a very special talk about HIV and AIDS, hosted by the incredible Wallace Despus, and with a panel including novelist Matthew Todd and Jonathan Blake. Now, Jonathan is an incredibly exceptional man. If you saw the film Pride, he was a character played by Dominic West and was diagnosed as HIV in 1982 and is still alive today. Now, the talk was incredibly interesting. 
However, there wasn't very many people there, which was a shame. And I'll be honest, I don't know whether this event really had much impact. Everybody who did attend and was in the audience is probably quite well educated and informed already about this conversation and are already having these conversations. Something like this is a message that really needs to be spread further and wider afield. How we do that, I don't really know, but I definitely commend Wallace for engaging with this topic and doing something. Any way to promote and talk about these issues is brilliant. And Wallace is definitely, definitely leading the way in trying to get this message out. On Tuesday evening, I was at the press night for Dear Evan Hansen, the global smash that has finally reached London. Unless you've been under a rock, you will most definitely have heard of this incredible new show that has come over from America by the writers Pasek and Paul, who went on to write The Greatest Showman. Now, Dear Evan Hansen is a brand new musical with original material, which tells the story of Evan Hansen, a young American teenager who struggles with mental health and the death of a student in his year. <laughs> the music is beautiful. Ben Platt, who originated the role, won a Tony for his brilliant portrayal of Evan. And the music has dominated the cabaret scene. <laughs> I cannot recall a show or cabaret where I haven't heard those songs being played. And when it was announced that Dear Evan was coming over, everybody wanted a piece of it. There was so much speculation about who was going to be cast in the title role. Luke Bayer, Rob Houchen, everybody was thrown into the mix and they probably all auditioned. But the part was finally given to brand new graduate Sam Tutti from Italia Conti. Now he had some big, big shoes to fill and boy, he did a good job. He is a remarkable young actor who definitely, definitely gets the right measure portraying Evan perfectly. And his voice is stunning. He is joined in the cast by Rebecca McInnes, who played Jamie's mum in Everybody's Talking About Jamie. Now, the part is probably quite similar, so it's not exactly a huge departure for her. But nonetheless, she is incredible. And I'll be honest, probably steals the show with her really, really heartfelt performance. It's exceptional. The show itself, I struggled with. Like I say, because it's been built and hyped so much, I wasn't massively overwhelmed by it. I thought the staging was a bit basic. For the majority of the performances, I didn't really feel they were truthful. 
a lot of it was quite exaggerated. I was basically just actors showing and expressing rather than feeling. Or at least that's how it felt. Or at least that's how it came across. Nonetheless, it is a fine production. And it's incredible to see new writing being so well received. And the way the story has been structured, it does feel like an American film that's been adapted to stage. It does feel a bit like an American film that's been adapted to stage, rather than a stage show in its own right. Now I will be honest, I did struggle a little bit with the story. As much as it's incredible to recognise and to talk about mental health in this way, it's a bit of a reach to support and endorse what Evan's character does. For those who don't know the story, by an unfortunate series of events, a letter he writes to himself is mistaken as a suicide note for his classmate. Evan then keeps up the pretense by fraudulently posing as his dead classmate to then infiltrate his family who then give him money and he then raises 50 grand from a crowdfunding page through this elaborate hoax it's all a bit much and I'll be honest if that happened in real life that kid would be in so much trouble and his life would probably be made worse Whereas because this is a nice uplifting story, of course it ends happily with Evan becoming this hero. I don't buy it, I'm sorry. It is important to talk about mental health and it is incredible to get a spotlight on this subject. I just don't know if it sends the right message. Anyway, the after party was incredible. <laughs> they had so much beautiful food, including an ice cream parlor and a tire dessert stand, which I was loving. <laughs> managed to catch up with a few of the stars including Michael Xavier who was looking beautiful and Jonathan Bailey who was looking fit. He's currently filming a period drama hence his lovely sideburns. The evening was incredible and the entire cast and creatives do deserve to celebrate because they have created something which is brilliant.
Now, on Wednesday, I went to see And Juliet. Oh my God, it's good. I bloody loved it. Honestly. Now, I'd heard about this musical being in development for the past year and even knew when Jordan Luke Gage was first cast as Romeo. Now, at the time, I was a bit sceptical. A jukebox musical made up of Britney Spears songs and Jessie J. I didn't think it was going to work. Jordan reassured me that the script was actually brilliant and not to rule it out until I saw it. Now they spent the past couple of months up in Manchester previewing the show before bringing it to London. And I'm not sure how much has changed, but it is now one of the best new shows in the West End I've ever, ever seen. It is stunning. So basically, it is a jukebox musical with all the songs written by Max Martin. And he has written so many songs which have dominated the pop charts over the last 30 years. And this is a thing. It, this is a jukebox musical. It's not trying to be anything other than that. And within that, there is actually a damn hard skill to try and make these songs fit coherently in a narrative. And they've done an exceptional job. I was honestly surprised at how well the lyrics and songs fit the show, without even needing to be changed. The premise is a retelling of Romeo and Juliet, where Juliet doesn't kill herself. Essentially, it's a sequel to Romeo and Juliet to find out what could have happened had Juliet survived. Playing Juliet is the formidable Miriam Teak Lee. She, honestly, is a superstar. She was part of the original London cast of Hamilton and her physicality and dance is next level. Not to mention her brilliance as a singer and an actress. She is going to be global. I can guarantee it. Now supporting her is an incredible cast of talent, including Oliver Tomset, who plays Will Shakespeare, Cassidy Jansen, who plays his wife, Anne Hathaway, and the beautiful David Bedeller, who is a looking fine. Not to mention, as I already have, Jordan Luke Gage, who plays Romeo himself. The ensemble are ridiculously talented. And this is such a lively, uplifting, banging show. Honestly, it's just hit after hit. Brilliant. Everything down to the costume, the design, the set, the very innovative and clever storytelling, which empowers women 
And they even have a non-binary character, which is a first for the West End and is superbly handled. It is so well thought out and portrayed. I honestly just can't stop talking about it. Now the press night was an incredible evening with the likes of Jesse J and Simon Cowell in the audience. Afterwards they had a huge party which was phenomenal. Here is a little video I took at the party. I used to bite my tongue and hold my breath Scared to rock the boat and make a mess So I said quietly Agreed politely I guess that I forgot I had a choice I let you push me past the breaking point I stood for nothing So I fell for everything You held me down But I got up hey! Already brushing off the dust You hear my voice You hear that sound Like thunder gonna shake the ground You held me
I'll be honest, I'm not sure how well this show will do. There is no doubting that this show will appeal to a younger generation. And that in itself is why shows like this need to be made. This is the evolution of theatre. Bringing in younger generation and a younger audience will keep theatre going. But at the moment, theatre is dominated by an older generation who, let's face it, can afford to go and see shows. And they probably won't really engage with this. The night I saw it, an elderly couple who was sat in front of me got up and left during the first song. Granted, it might not be their taste, it might have been a bit too loud, I don't know. Next to them were two young girls wearing Anne Juliet t-shirts who had obviously been to see it a few times and keep coming back. So, I don't know. Hopefully, if people keep coming back, the show could do well. But unfortunately, if this older generation don't get on board and get behind it, and start to come, it might struggle to sell tickets. I, however, booked to come straight back and see it in two weeks time before I even left the theatre. That is how good I think it is and how much I can't wait to see it. The next day they released the entire cast album, which honestly, I have not stopped listening to. Go and check it out, see what you think, and then go and watch a show. Actually, no, go and watch a show and then obsess over the album like I have been. Because it's brilliant. And I've got to mention my buddy Alex Tranter, who is looking fit, ladies. His arms, whoo! Wow. As well as Ivan Defritius, who marks his fifth West End show with Anne Juliet. He is incredible and is married to the beautiful Charlotte Riby, who's just finished a run in Waitress. On Thursday afternoon, despite being a little bit hungover from the Anne Juliet party, I met with the cast and creatives of a new play called Rage But Hope. Writer Stephanie Martin, director Scott Lacrasse, and actors Dior Clark and Emma Davies. Now this is a new play written in response to the protests by Extinction Rebellion. And the video that I made with them is a very interesting conversation about climate change and the Extinction Rebellion movement. It's a really, really interesting insight and it's on my YouTube channel, so you should definitely check it out. So, it's always good to talk about it, and yeah. hopefully even better to listen. <laughs> <laughs> listen. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about the play. What is it? It is a study of the effects of the climate crisis and the Extinction Rebellion movement on uh, lots of different people from different walks of life and how a growing awareness of the climate catastrophe and the work of Extinction Rebellion, how that's affected people 
So it's really up to the minute in terms of reflecting, you know, what's been going on this year, um, which I think is quite exciting. Like mm -hmm. it could not be any more. Things ch almost some of the script has ed has changed a lot almost day by day when when new new stories or things have happened. You know, it's really about what's happening sort of yesterday, today, tomorrow. It's mm -hmm. really immediate. And the stories are very um, human. They're very. Uh, it's about how how people actually really feel about what is happening, and it's not just it's not just facts. It's about kind of how it's affected the relationships with other people, and it's about what they're doing to to make make a difference. Yeah, it's it's a very human story. It's just a very very human story, and it really sort of it shows how uh, the climate crisis is individually. Um, affecting people. On Thursday evening, I was at Above the Stag to see Stop Kiss, a new lesbian play. Now, this is a breath of fresh air. I have always struggled with Above the Stag, who promote themselves as the only British theatre to only produce LGBTQ plus work. Now within that, there is some discrepancy. Of the work that Above the Stag until now has continued to produce has generally been about gay men. There is little, if any, work which relates to trans people or lesbians. Now. It's fair to say that Peter Bull had a very narrow vision, but he also had a very strong business model. He knew how to cater for his audience and for his market, which was generally gay men. Now, when people challenged Peter, why are you not catering for lesbian or trans audiences? His argument was, they just don't come. <laughs> To which I would argue, well, if you start putting work on that represents them, then they might come. It was a continuing battle that Peter Bull faced and was never prepared to tackle. And when the brand new state-of-the-art theatre was open in Vauxhall, they had the facility, not only with the main theatre, but now a subsequent smaller studio space which allowed for more experimental work and they did to his credit program a play called the penetrative play which had a lesbian storyline but that was as far as they went other than that they then reverted back to stories with a gay content that has all changed. Peter Bull is now out and Andrew Becker is the new artistic director. And Andrew promises to readdress this discrepancy and ensure that more varied work is produced at Above the Stag, including more stories with a lesbian content. And he has enlisted the brilliant producer Kylie Vilsons. Kylie was for many years 
Paul Taylor Mill's right-hand woman and produced some of his best work with him. Kylie has then recently worked with MT Youth and has now come to Above the Stag to give it a much needed kick up the arse. And I can't wait to see what Kylie brings to Above the Stag. Now, unfortunately, with Stop Kiss, as much as I support and endorse Kylie, I struggled with this play. Written in 1998, it tells the story of two women who were attacked when they were caught kissing in a park. Astonishingly, it sounds like it could have been written as a response to a similar attack which took place earlier this year on a public bus, where two women were attacked quite violently whilst making their way home together. Now this story unfortunately does feel, although still relevant, does feel dated. The dialogue isn't very good and it does feel like they've literally just plucked this play and put it on because of its content and because it ticks the boxes. Lesbian play, relevant, rather than dare I say it, it being any good. And although what I do commend when I walked into the audience, and um, although what I do commend, although I will, like I say, commend their efforts, it was brilliant the night that I went to see a new audience coming to Above the Stag, which understandably was made up of lesbian women. And this is brilliant, this is needed. And with stories that have universal appeal that we can all enjoy together. Unfortunately, this story just didn't quite hit the mark. And even a lesbian couple who was sat right in front of me left halfway through, which was awkward. Like I say, I am not going to write it off though because Kylie is an incredible producer and she knows what she's doing and I am confident that she has some more tricks up her sleeves. I'm just sorry that this was the first offering because it just didn't quite satisfy. But there are brilliant new works being made every day. Even in Edinburgh earlier this summer, I saw a brilliant play called You Have a Match, which had a lesbian character. It was funny, it was clever, it was only two actresses, so easy to produce. And in fact, I might get onto Brother Stag and tell him to put it on. I really look forward to seeing what Andrew Beckett and his team will start to produce in 2020. Later on Thursday evening, I was back at the Boulevard Theatre for, for another finale cabaret. This time it was Nathaniel Morrison's. Nathaniel Morrison is an incredible, incredible performer who has not stopped working since he graduated from Mountview several years ago. 
He is currently in Waitress and is the most incredible singer. He was also part of All Together Now on the BBC and is the man behind the formidable West End Gospel Choir. I got to chat to him earlier in the week about the show and about his career. The one-man show that I put together is called Songs in the Key of Nate, which is nice. obviously um, a nod to Stevie Wonder's yeah. album Songs in the Key of Life, because as you know, I adore Stevie Wonder. Like, he's my musical godfather. I've not met him, but if anyone can hook that up. But you played him, though, have you? I've played him. I've played him several times. Yeah. Yeah, that was, as I said, that's my first Straight game. Out of school. Yeah. Unfortunately for Nathaniel, he didn't get a huge turnout on Thursday evening, which might be down to the fact that it is a new theatre and they haven't really pushed the marketing yet. And perhaps the time slot doesn't work. I'm not sure whether people want to pay to see a cabaret at half past ten on a Thursday evening. Who knows? It's something that at least the Boulevard Theatre are trying out with this series of cabarets. You do have on Monday evenings a chance to see West End performers for completely free at Freedom Bar. And similarly, on a Thursday evening at the hospital club, they used to run the birdcage, which was completely free. I don't know whether Boulevard Theatre would have been better off giving out free tickets and making money from people buying drinks. At least that way, they can guarantee they will bring in an audience. As it was, Nathaniel sadly only had about 10 people in his audience. But that did not phase him. He is the constant professional and put on a show like no other for that small audience who absolutely loved it. And he was joined by Bok himself, Idris Kargbo. Here are a few songs from the evening. Sometimes I Baby, I'm with you. 
Friday evening, I was back at the Waterloo East to watch Afterglow. Now, the reason I went back was my friend Kane Surrey, who understood these all three characters, was going on as one of them. I couldn't wait to see Kane perform, and he did a brilliant, brilliant job. Now, this is not easy. This show, which consists of three characters, he has had to learn all three characters, which means he's learned every single line in that play. I wouldn't even know how to start getting my head around that. The ability to switch and zone in to where, which character you're playing at any given point is brilliant. And he did an exceptional job and is an incredible, credible actor. It was really nice to see him opposite my other friend, Peter McPherson and Benjamin Aluiha, who, since I saw it last, I'll admit has got a lot better. Maybe he just needed time to find his feet. But having seen this again, it's a great show, as I said before, and seems to be selling out. So there's definitely a strong market for the show. I was really, really proud of Kane and really, really glad that I got to see him do his thing. Saturday evening, I finally got chance to catch the Green Fairy at the Union Theatre. Now, this is a brand new musical with the book, music and lyrics by Jack Sane, who also directs and produces the show. You know what I'm going to say. Don't try and do it all. Honestly. It was pitched as a new 
lesbian fairy tale. Although, it feels a bit of a cop-out, if I'm honest. The lesbian character in question is possibly better described as bisexual, as she, as most of her storyline relates to her ex-husband and her daughter, rather than her lesbian lover. The story is very, very sketchy and very, very underdeveloped. Now, this show has been workshopped and put on before the King's Head Theatre. But it feels to me that they've then rushed to get it produced and put onto the stage again within six months. And something like this could probably have benefited with a little bit more time and care to really work it out. As well as that, I think they should have just, as I keep saying, collaborate. Don't try and do it all. The music alone was pretty nice, but bring somebody else in to help with the book or a different director to give it a different insight. Collaboration is key. And I think anybody who believes they can do it all themselves is just kidding themselves and restricting themselves. Now back to the show itself. The music was okay. It didn't blow me away. It felt very much like a concept album with the songs not necessarily driving the narrative, which again is probably down to nobody telling him. Julie Atherton does an exemplary job of making the best of what she's given. She is an incredible, incredible comedic actress. And this show, which tackles alcoholism, did show a deeper side to her acting, which I've always known as that. Joining Julie are an incredible actor muso cast who all do a very, very good job. They're just not given much to work with. David Perkins, who I saw in The Boys. I have to say, The Boys were very easy on the eye. David Perkins, who I saw in Bridges of Madison County. And Harry Fabulous Brown, who I saw in The Band when it was on tour are both gorgeous and do a very good job. The girls are very talented as well. And generally, all the actors are brilliant. I just don't think it was a very good show. Sorry. Like I say, the fact that it was marketed as this rousing queer show about the Green Fairy the set looked beautiful, with dangling bottles hanging from the ceiling. But the costumes were a bit... Mm. And I would have liked to have seen the Green Fairy in something a bit more dazzling. I'll be honest. Even I've got a better Green Fairy costume. Just saying. It's one of these shows where... I came away saying, oh, well, good for them for giving it a go 
and putting work out there and making things happen. But then as a friend corrected me, you shouldn't applaud people just for giving it a go. Um, but like, and like, I don't know. Jack himself trained at Lambda and went on to be an assistant director at the Dunmar Warehouse. So he definitely does have an insight and it definitely does show because somewhere within this show, there is potential. But I just think like a lot of younger, ambitious creatives, he needs to learn to walk before he can run. And really appreciate the benefits of development rather than just putting something on. I'm not going to write him off though. I will definitely, definitely look out for their work again. And hopefully see some progress. Now on Sunday, I was at the lavish Evening Standard Awards. Now in its 65th year, this was the first time the ceremony was hosted by an actress of colour in the form of Kush Jumbo, who won an Evening Standard Award herself five years ago. At an incredible expense, all the seats were taken out of the stalls in the Coliseum to be replaced by tables and chairs. And all the nominees and specially invited guests were treated to a lavish three-course meal before the ceremony started. The upper circle was then made up of other guests, including myself, press and specially invited students to come and in their attempt, in the evening, in their attempt, in the evening standards attempt to fully involve everybody. Also, as part of the evening, Sam Tutty performed Waving Through a Window from Dear Evan and the cast of Anne Juliet performed Raw. I've learned to slam on the Yeah. And no one tells you where you went wrong. Yeah. 
this was incredible to see. Sam did such a good job. And like I said earlier, I cannot get enough of Anne Juliet. So I was living for their performances. Sir Ian McKellen also won a special editor's award in recognition of his tour and made this speech after accepting it. And here is part of the speech he made after collecting the award. When I started going to the theatre uh, myself as a boy, things were very different. Uh, the United Kingdom, having just come through the Second World War, had established the Arts Council, a symbol of post-war recovery. Government saw the theatre, music, dance and drama as a crucial part of what defined us as a nation. And when I started acting, each major city and town in this country had its own local subsidised theatre where a resident company presented a changing programme of plays throughout the year and these repertory companies trained me and my contemporaries because of the requirement of British Actors' Equity for its new members to work for 44 weeks outside London before getting their full membership, without which they wouldn't be able to work anywhere, and now our union is forbidden from making such rules. The rest of the speech, the full speech, can be found on my YouTube page. The after party was incredible and it was brilliant to rub shoulders with some exceptional stars, including my pal Andrew Scott. And I don't know who that ginger guy is. <laughs> I was very lucky to be there and very, very grateful to have been invited. Anything which shines a spotlight on people's achievements in theatre is fully, fully deserved. And it's great just to come together and celebrate each other's achievements and to remind us to keep working hard. Theatre is difficult and it's not getting any easier. And it's fine for me to stand here behind a camera and slag it all off. But I do recognise how much people put in and how much people work and deserve recognition, support and congratulate. So I congratulate everybody. Thank you for watching my little blog. If you'd like to follow me, please do on Twitter and Instagram and please subscribe to my YouTube channel just to remind me that you're there and you will be notified about anything else that I upload. And like I say, please do look out for my special series of interviews with people living with HIV. See you next time.